I invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 6, beginning in verse 6 will be uh, today. We have been uh, doing a, a little series uh, that we've started really on first steps for believers. And uh, again, I sometimes you say first steps for new believers, but really this is first steps for any believer. Uh, whether you've been saved for five minutes or five years or 500 years, uh, these are good, uh, good lessons for all of us today from God's Word. And so we're going to read just uh, two verses. Uh, let's go ahead, if you're able to, stand for the reading of God's Word. Just read two verses today as we get started. Today is more of a, a topical message. The title of today's message is A Pattern of Prayer. A Pattern of Prayer. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6, says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise God for his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, and we rejoice in you that we can come before you boldly, and we ask that we would hear what you have to say. So, Father, I just ask that you bless this message. I uh, pray that you would uh, lead us by your spirit today, and uh, may all we say and do be honoring and pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Over the past weeks, we've taken a look of how we begin our walk with the Lord. How do you begin your new life in Christ? Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen says, "If any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new creature, creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new." So you're here as a child of God today. I pray each and every one of you have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, that you know Him personally, that your sins are forgiven. You have the hope of heaven. And uh, knowing Jesus Christ makes all the difference. But as you do that, how do you get started in your Christian life? Uh, I want to just say this, that a lot of t times when people think of, of discipleship or, or growing in Christ, uh, a lot of times what that means for what really what comes across is this, that get people to church and just have them become like the rest of us. Get assimilated into the church culture. You're there at certain service times, you bring your whatever you bring for the potlucks and all that. And of course, we'll eat it. And we kind of have those those checklists, if you will. This is what it means to be a Christian. You sing these types of songs, you you sit in this certain pew and all that. You know, this, this is kind of usually what we think about. But really, what is discipleship really about? It's not learning how to necessarily be a part or a functioning part of a church. That's part of it. But really, it's to be an active Christian. And put it this way, God's will for your life is not just to sit on the pew of Victory Baptist Church. God's will for your life is not just to sit on the pew of Victory Baptist Church. He wants you to do something with it, with your life, with your faith. Are you growing? Uh, we talked uh, before, there's actually several, in our journey with the Lord, there's several important steps. We've talked first about knowing, knowing God. We grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Last week, we talked about reading, reading God's Word, like growing in God's Word, uh, as desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. Today, we're going to be looking at the topic of prayer and how to have a pattern of prayer. Uh, the next couple of lessons we're, or uh, series that we're going to be doing is on listening, connecting, worshiping, and sharing. Those are all vital to promote the believer's growth. Th now, these things in themselves do not cause a believer to grow necessarily. Just because you attended 100 services this year at Victory Baptist Church does not guarantee you're going to grow spiritually, okay? But what does that do? It promotes spiritual growth. The more you're here faithfully and you're under the Word of God, praying, worshiping, fellowshipping with one another, 
all those things promote physical growth and all that. Uh, I kind of re- was talking last week, and I'll share this illustration again. Uh, my son, Ben, he loves to do a little bit of workout. Actually, we got a little pull-up bar this week that we worked on installing. So he's doing some pull-ups and other exercises like that. And, uh, you know, and especially, you know, the, the teenagers here, you know, you can get this. You know, you do 10 push-ups, and then Logan flexes his muscles. See, hey, look, Dad, I'm like 10 times stronger now, right? If it were only that easy, right? If it were only that easy, okay? Um, people will try, you know, let's say a, a different diet. You know, I did one day on this diet. Man, I should be good to go now. You know, that was a good thing you did. But does that equal, like, health, all that? Not necessarily. It's a pattern that you get into. So those things help promote spiritual growth. And that's what we're doing today as well and learning about how to pray. These things are, these principles are vital to promote the growth in believers like. What is the goal of growth, by the way, for a believer? The believer grows as he gives glory to God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. This is what it's about, giving God glory. I'd like to remind us of the purpose statement of Victory Baptist Church. The purpose of Victory Baptist is to glorify God by proclaiming the gospel, growing in grace, and making disciples. Everything we do here, whatever event we have, should be around that theme. Growing in great, or proclaiming the gospel, growing grace, making disciples. So we mentioned before, the Christian life is like riding a bicycle. Unless you keep moving, you're going to fall off. Like I said, neither of us, none of us have arrived yet. We won't until we get to glory. We are to grow in grace. We're to grow in God's word. Our desire is, to, again, to see if people feel the spirit and walking with the Lord. And you can usually see a growth of a church and their desire and their love for the word of God. Uh, we talked about last week, I like this quote by Warren Worsby. God's uh, word has life, it gives life, and it nourishes life. Get into God's word, stay faithful in God's word. And now we turn our attention to another element that promotes our spiritual growth, and that's having a pattern of prayer, having a pattern of prayer. Uh, you know, when we come to the subject of prayer, I'll be honest with you, every time, whether I read an article, a book, or even hear a message about it, I always come away feeling a little guilty. I don't know about you. I think a lot of Christians, they feel guilty uh, because of their prayer life or maybe the lack of it. Uh, there's different surveys. Um, I was doing some research on, on the Pew Research Center on uh, on prayer in, in America, at least, among Christian, Christian homes and all that. And uh, prayer is really not, it's, it's there. Uh, I will say this, most people admitted that they prayed according to their their survey that they prayed at least once a, uh, once a week. Okay, well that's good. I'm glad you pray at least once a week. But prayer should be really a habit of ours. Is the idea. The thing is this: most Christians, I think the average is most Christians maybe spend about five minutes a day in prayer. Um, and when they surveyed pastors, it wasn't much better. It was maybe like seven or eight minutes a day in prayer. And we wonder why we struggle in our Christian life. And I'll be honest with you, in our culture, we, we face a lot of distractions. We have our phones, we have TV, we have media, we have um, just dif- different events that happen in our lives that distract us from doing these things that promote our spiritual growth, whether it be reading the Word of God, spending time in prayer. And usually we think of this like prayer, man, that's, I mean, I, it kind of bugs me, but I understand where it's coming from. Sometimes you see on social media, some event happens, uh, maybe a car accident or whatever, and, you know, our thoughts or prayers are with you. Well, we're, we're, you know, and the world says, well, thoughts and prayers, that doesn't mean anything. 
Well, it, it means a lot in God's kingdom. Don't underestimate that, okay? So I want you to understand this. When we think of prayer, a lot of times we feel guilty. Well, man, I, I really am not pray, praying enough. I know there are several people in here I would consider in prayer warriors. That That is something they enjoy doing. They enjoy spending those moments with the Lord. And I pray that should be really reflective of us. But he said, where are we? What, what I think sometimes we think of prayer too is, man, you think of someone, maybe like a, let's say a grandmother or some relative that was a fervent prayer warrior. I mean, they prayed through all the grandkids and all the family members and they were just the prayer warrior, the rock of the family, so to speak. And I think sometimes we think that, man, I can never be like that. So I'm not even going to try. We kind of shoot ourselves in the foot. I think another thing too is like, we just don't think it's that important. You know, it's like, okay, we pray for our food, come to church. We're supposed to pray at this time in the service. Okay. You know, but I like what, uh, this is Paul Miller in his book, A Praying Life. If there's, there's a couple books I would definitely recommend on prayer. Uh, Paul Miller's A Praying Life is a great resource. Came out actually not too long ago. Uh, well, I should say that maybe about 20 years ago now, but a good resource. And this is what he says here. Prayer is not a mountain to climb, but a throne to get off from. Think of that. A lot of times when we think of prayer, we think of this big mountain we have to climb. Man, I got to pray. Man, I got to spend 10 minutes of prayer right now. Maybe sometimes when we have prayer meeting, we have a prayer meeting on Wednesday night. We always take some time to pray. Sometimes uh, it's a for a few minutes. Sometimes it's longer. It just depends on maybe how the Lord leads that, that prayer time. We spent a little bit of time this morning praying for some serious needs in our church family. And uh, really, is there a time limit of prayer? And I think sometimes Christians, you think prayer is like a mountain to climb. Man, I got to do all this. And we have a prayer list. And we get to the, the third and fourth things on the prayer list. And all of a sudden, we kind of zone out. And we think it's like a mountain. But here's the thing, that our perspective of prayer is not a mountain to climb, but it's a throne to get off of. In other words, when we pray, a lot of times we're praying, not God's will be done, but my will be done. And so what is important in prayer, a key to prayer is to get ourselves off the throne. And as we were saying earlier, our God reigns and giving him worship and adoration. You see this, why do we have prayer? God is active in your life. God did not just save you and like, okay, you're on your own. I'll be here if you need me. God is not like that. He is active in your life. He is working continually. When we did that series on Romans 8 this summer, God is working in so many areas of your life, folks. We don't even notice it most of the time. But God is active. And prayer is an exercise of that activity. Prayer, really, what does prayer do? According to Miller, prayer reveals his activity in our lives. Prayer, you, you want to see God work in your life? Pray. Talk to him. Have you ever maybe kept a prayer list? And then I will invite you maybe a year from now. Look over that prayer list and see how those prayers were answered. Sometimes I think we pray to, to generate, Lord, give us a great day. Come back a year later. Did God answer that prayer? Did he give you a good day? <laughs> well, depending on your perspective, I guess. Okay. Did, how did God answer those prayers? He, sa he says here further, God's presence is pervasive but subtle. He is in the shadows and is discovered in our obedience. I like that. God is in the shadows. He works many times in the shadows, subtly, in the background. But God is discovered in our obedience. See, what does prayer? Prayer and obedience works together. And when we, that happens, we see God, really his work revealed in us. So let's talk about some basics of, pattern, of a pattern of prayer. How do you have a pattern of prayer? Um, 
I was actually asked a couple weeks ago now on uh, someone someone had said, you know, I, I, I really, I just kind of pray whenever. I just, you know, as I'm driving to work or I'm walking the dog or something like that, I just kind of stop, I just pray and all that. But I really don't have like a time where I stop and just focus on prayer. And they said, is that wrong? And I said, well, let's kind of work through that. So I kind of want to use that question as a starting point today. So let's talk about, first of all, what is prayer about? What is prayer? Prayer, in essence, simply means asking, okay? Prayer is talking to God. It's, it's communication, and it's a vital part of our relationship with him. The disciples asked Jesus in Luke 11, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. You know, they didn't ask him, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. Man, tell me how to heal a blind man. <laughs> how? Tell me how to, you know, raise people from the dead. Man, I'd love to learn that trick. No, they didn't ask him that. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And prayer was a vital part of our Savior's life and ministry. Many times you see before Jesus, uh, either before or after uh, a public demonstration of his ministry, whether it be his teaching or miracles, he went alone into the mountains or somewhere quiet to pray. That was a part of his habit, his pattern of prayer. You know, a pattern of prayer grows from my heart of prayer. What do I mean by that? You guys probably know this verse. Maybe you haven't memorized. If you're not, you will in three seconds. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Does that mean we should be praying all the time? Like as you're ordering at McDonald's, you're praying while you're ordering a Big Mac. You know, maybe you should. But nonetheless, what this means is really is to pray continually, have a, a pattern, a life of prayer. In other words, this is on your heart, on your mind. As things come to your mind, you just give it to the Lord. It doesn't have to be this. I think sometimes we think of this long, drawn-out prayer, like I have to spend, you know, 50 minutes in, in prayer going over this list. Sometimes prayer is simply this, you know. I, I was praying a lot uh, Wednesday and, and Thursday, driving up to see Tom. Uh, it was about almost an hour drive to St. Cloud, and so I'm spending a lot of time praying along the way. Uh, Lord, would you please help me? Lord, would you please uh, direct my steps? And then Give me the words to say to Tom. By the way, when I met Tom, he he blessed me in return. I know how you are, but it's like, you know, I was trying to be there to be encouraged with him. He was like, oh, I'll be okay. The Lord's taking control. Oh, why am I here then? You know, God God did some amazing things just through that. Have a pattern or really an attitude of prayer. That's really what this is. Having an attitude of prayer. You bring things before the Lord. It can be simply as, Lord, help me this day. Okay? Let's talk about what prayer is not. There's a lot of different misconceptions on what prayer is. First of all, prayer is not magic. God is not a genie in a Bible. Okay? He's not a genie in a Bible. God is, it's not magic. Man, if I say this prayer, Lord, stop this traffic on Bass Lake Road in Jesus' name. Didn't work. Okay? Okay? Some people treat prayer like that. They treat it flippantly. And again, they're praying really, my will be done, not God's will. All right? Prayer is not magic. It's not a magic formula per se. Prayer does also does not make demands. God is not the God is the creator of this universe, and He does not take orders from us. Lord, you have to do this. You have to heal Tom Delaney of this cancer. You know, in His will, He could definitely do that. God is able to, and I firmly believe that. Tom believes that. But you know what? That's not up to me to decide. I give it to the Lord, but I don't demand it of Him. Letter C: Prayer is for our benefit, not for God's. That's interesting. It's for our benefit because we were made to function best when we are in a proper when we are in a proper relationship with our Creator. Prayer is vital. We're in a if you want to have a proper relationship with God, be prayerful. 
Also, prayer is not a guarantee against suffering. You know, have you ever heard people say, hey, now that you're a Christian, you don't have anything to worry about. You won't have any problems. Get away from that person as far as you can. All right. But nonetheless, what does 1 Peter 4 say? Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. It's not a guarantee against suffering when you pray, but God will give you the grace to do that. There's people say, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. Guess what? That's not true. God gives you more than you can handle all the time. What, what Tom is dealing with that, that's more than he can handle. Physically speaking, yes. But God gives you the grace and his presence to go through that trial. Okay? Praise God for that. Also, prayer is not an opportunity for us to show off. Think of the Pharisee and the publican. The, the Pharisee says, you know, I, I tithe. I do all these things. And thank God I'm not like this publican over here, this dirty rapscallion sinner that's over there. What does the what does the publican say? He hangs his head. God be merciful to me, a sinner. It's not a time to show off. Okay, so prayer is very very important uh, in our lives. As we think about prayer, what stops? What will stop my prayers? Psalm sixty six eighteen says, "If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me." Un unconfessed sin is a barrier in our relationship with God. It doesn't stop you from being God's child. If you're saved, nothing can uh, change that. But unconfessed sin does create a barrier, just as in your family or in your marriage. If you do something that, uh, you know, if I do something that ticks off my wife, you know, if I sin against her, that's going to be a barrier in our relationship. Until what? I confess. Until we make things right. Okay? We are forgiven. And same thing with God. Now, he is always there. Praise God. Now, here's a question. Why should we pray? Why should we pray? Uh, Jesus gave us, like I said earlier, he gave us the example to pray. He prayed in the wilderness. Uh, he prayed in breaking of bread. You wonder, why do we pray while we before we eat our food and all that? Because Jesus did. He set that example. He prays in agony in Gethsemane. He sweat as it were great drops of blood. Jesus also commanded us to pray. He prayed, you know, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he has sent forth laborers into his harvest. Uh, he's concerned about others. We also see that Prayer was the example of the early church, that they went house to house and breaking the bread and in prayer. Acts chapter 2, you see that was part of the early church. We also see that uh, prayer is there given to us to guard us from temptation. Jesus said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. With that prayerlessness, here's the thing. There's some people who will say, well, I don't need to pray. God already knows what I'm going to say anyways. And true, God's omniscient, he knows. But why should we pray? Because he wants his children to speak to him. I think there's the other side where we say, well, I don't need to pray anymore. I just don't need to talk to God. But here's the thing. Prayerlessness clouds our hearts to the temptations surrounding us and leads us to further sin. I guarantee you, for the believer who is caught up in sin, and what I mean by that, habitually all sin, but habitual sin. In other words, you just can't, I mean, you just go back to it. All right? I will, I, I can... I'm not a betting man, but if I were, I'd say that person is probably not being in prayer much. Their prayer life is anemic. Their time with God is hardly ever there. You're you're opening yourself up for temptation. So this is very, very important. Understand that. So the question is now, that's why should we pray? Well, when should we pray? When's a good time to pray? Really anytime. And to kind of illustrate that, 
Psalm 55, 17 says, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So really, throughout the day is the idea. Uh, there's the example of Daniel uh, as well. Daniel, he remember there was a there's a commission you're not supposed to pray except to the king. Okay, what does Daniel do? Three times a day, he opens up his windows to Jerusalem and he prays. He prays uh, right then and there. Of course, they caught him and God sustained him through all that. He, Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel chapter six, you read that. So here's some things, some examples of when to pray. Uh, first of all, I encourage you, and this is what when I talk to this individual who asked, well. I really don't have a place or a time to pray set aside. I just got to do it whenever. I think sometimes when we do that, we're, we don't have a structure in our lives. And so I encourage you to do this. Number one, as a good friend of mine said this, he challenged me, have a place of prayer. Do you have a place of prayer? Is there a place maybe in your home, maybe a certain seat or whatever, uh, just for example, where you can have just a little bit of quiet time with God, open up your, open up his word, read, Spend time of prayer. Do you have a place of prayer? And that could be maybe a couple places, but you have a place of prayer. Uh, when I come here, sometimes during the week, I spend some time in prayer. I come to the auditorium, and usually I pray in uh, one of these pews here. And I pray for the church family. That's that becomes my pattern of prayer. That's one of my places of prayer. Uh, there's a certain chair at my house that I often love to sit. I get up in the morning, try to get before everyone else. But anyways, that's my place of prayer. Do you have a place of prayer? Another thing too is pray. When you get up in the morning, pray before your feet hit the floor. Pray before your feet hit the floor. Open up your day with God. Say, God, it doesn't have to be a long, lengthy prayer. It says, Lord, thank you for the night's rest you gave me. Lord, I pray your blessings upon this day. Lord, help me, I pray, as you get going. Make that your habit. Before your feet hit the floor, pray to the Lord. And another little challenge, too, when to pray is pray on the spot. Uh, there's been times where someone uh, says, hey, I, I got a prayer request or I have this need or something's going on in my life or in our family right now. And would you pray for me? And I think most Christians, hopefully you would say what? No, I would never pray. No, hopefully you never do that. OK, hopefully you're going to say, yes, I'll pray for you. And, but let me let's be honest. If you said that, what is our natural inclination? Ten minutes later, I was like, we forget what even happened. OK. I challenge you, if you have a hard time forgetting it, sometimes I do. Just ask my wife, okay? Let's, sometimes God leads, like, we're going to stop and we're going to pray right now for that. We're going to stop. Let's pray together right now. It doesn't have to be as lengthy prayer. Just give it to the Lord. Pray on the spot. Pray as the Lord leads, okay? So my question is now, let's talk about our attitude of prayer. What is our attitude of prayer should be? A pattern of prayer is really based on our helplessness, our helplessness. You see, a, a, a truly prayerful person is one who is helpless. They're dependent upon God. Lord, I'm needy. I need your help. Tom Delaney is in that right now. The Myers family's in it right now. John and Paula, you're in that now where, where you're like, Marcia, it's like, we need, I'm helpless, God. I need you to intervene. I need, I'm dependent upon you. So this is the idea. A lot of times we don't pray because we think we can handle it. Really what we're doing was his pride and selfishness. When you're dealing with this, and I don't need to pray today, it's because I, I want to say self gets in the way. We think we can handle it. Prayer, a pattern of prayer is based on our helplessness. We are dependent upon God. A pattern of prayer is also characterized by persistence. Remember what Jesus says, except you come to me as a little child. That's how our prayer should be. So what does that mean as a little child? Do you have to act like a child? Well, in a way, let me get to the point. 
how do children ask for things? Or how do your grandkids ask for things? Wow, they're very persistent, aren't they? Yeah, can I have this toy? You saw the store. I want to get this. I want to get this. And guess what? You can say no, but do kids understand the meaning of no? You, <laughs> I don't have to say anything, right? And here's the thing. In our prayer life as well, a lot of times we pray and we give up. We just like move on to the next thing. I think what God wants us is a little bit of persistence. How does a child ask? They don't understand the word no. You just sit and simply keep on praying, praying innocently, openly, helplessly, asking for that. So there's a couple little areas of prayer, prayer of asking. And I think there's really, there's two sides of the coin that are, um, and this, John, uh, I mean, Paul Miller kind of illustrates this well in his book. First of all, we have one side of prayer and that is simply not asking. Okay. We don't pray. We, we have prayerlessness or we think, you know, God's got everything under control. He's sovereign, all that. We don't have to pray at all. Okay. All right. So there's one a- aspect of not asking at all. On the other side, there's selfish asking. Uh, James 4 says, He ask and receive not because he ask amiss that he consume it upon your own lust. Sometimes we're asking for selfish reasons. Man, I, I want that nice Lamborghini that I saw driving down the road yesterday, a nice Corvette. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of Corvettes recently. I don't know if it's me or what, but man, I would love to have one, red in particular. All right, that's another thing. But nonetheless, there's that selfish asking. Okay, we're not asking according to God's will. On the other side, we have... Now, boldly asking, let us there come for boldly to the throne of grace that we may receive grace to help in time of need. Okay, that's uh, Hebrews 4. We should boldly come before the Lord. So that is a good element of prayer. And then the other aspect of prayer is on this other side, and that is to surrender completely. When we pray, God, not my will, but thine be done. Didn't Jesus pray that? Absolutely. But here's the thing, and I like what Paul Miller mentions of this. Many times a Christian goes to this prayer, Lord, let thy will be done. But then we we do it without asking boldly. In other words, we give up too easy in our prayer. What he's saying is this, that we say, God, I pray for the situation, let your will be done. But we don't ask boldly in the process. We don't come boldly, persistently, helplessly in that regard. In other words, our prayer life, there needs to be a balance right in the middle of that. There's one aspect of we don't pray at all. Well, don't do that. You're praying selfishly. Don't do that, okay? But what, how do we balance this? Is by boldly asking God and by also surrendering to his will. And we do that continually and letting God work in our lives. Very, very important. I want to kind of close this as well. Is this, how should we pray? How then should we pray? And this is just some some aspects of developing a pattern of prayer. First of all, a daily practice to promote spiritual growth. Read your Bible, pray every day, and then obey it. Read your Bible, pray every day, and obey it. There's uh, really three aspects that, or excuse me, there's four things in our prayer life that we should have. And you actually see this given out here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. These are generally uh, topics of prayer that we're looking at. Uh, let's read it one more time. But be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. So in this, there is what we call Acts, A-C-T-S. Some of you might have heard this before, the Acts of Prayer. The letter A is adoration. When you when you start out in prayer, adore the Lord, worship him. Uh, Psalm 117 says, Oh, praise the Lord, ye nations. Praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. 
Praise you, Lord. When you start out your prayer, begin your prayer with simple praise, praising God, adoring him, worshiping him. The next thing is C, and that's confession. That's confession. When we, conf when we go before God, let's confess our sins, be real before him. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is, what, faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and he cleanses from all unrighteousness. But if there's anything between you and the Lord, confess that. Get those sins taken care of. If you're here dealing with sin in your life right now, guess what? We have a faithful God who is ready to forgive and cleanse you. Turn to him today and get that taken care of. Do that in prayer. The letter T is Thanksgiving. That's actually reflected in, in Philippians 4 here. Uh, Thanksgiving, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thanksgiving should be the hallmark of a Christian's life. Adore God, confess sins, and thank God. Thank him. There's so much to thank God for. You know, if you say, man, I, I can't even begin. Well, start with three things. Think of three things or write down three things that you can thank God for today. Okay, start with those things and go from there. Okay, practically speaking. And the last thing is this, supplication. Supplication. And that's really bringing our requests before God. Be careful for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication. We think so. Let your requests be made known unto God. This is bring your requests. We quoted this verse earlier today. Let casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Our God cares. He wants to have that relationship with us. He desires to work in our life. He is actively working in your life, folks. But he wants us to grow spiritually. How do we grow? How do we grow? A thing that promotes growth is having a pattern of prayer in our lives. So do not underestimate the power of prayer. How do I start? Just pray. Say, Lord, help me. Help me to have a prayerful life. Get a, maybe a devotional like uh, uh, A Praying Life by Miller is a good example of that. But get into the Word of God. There's a lot of Psalms uh, that are prayers that you can maybe pray those as well. Okay? So I kind of bring this all back to one idea. is that prayer is not a mountain to climb, but rather a throne to get off from. In other words, you're not in control. God is. We need to surrender to Him, and we do that through prayer. God is active in your life. Prayer reveals His activity in our lives. So God's present, like I said, He's in the shadow, but He's discovered in our obedience. We be, we obey through prayer as well. So this is just more of a practical type message. And again, whether you've been a believer for five days or five years or 500 years, folks, we all need this as a daily reminder and a pattern prayer to promote spiritual growth. I would love to see Victory Baptist as a praying church, of a church that prays for one another, pray for ourselves as well and pray for those around us. And when we do our weekly emails and other times as well, we spend time to pray for one another. Don't take it lightly. Let God work and see him in action. God is working, maybe subtly, but through obedience, you're going to see him clearly. We can trust him for that. Have a pattern of prayer.